Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. You post something on Instagram or Twitter, not realizing the next day you're going to do something historic, and then you're like, what else did I post? Like, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about cake. Google Deidre Irwin and cake now, and you'll just see it. Deidre Irwin ate a bowl of cake. I'll send you guys a picture of my teddy bear. <laughs> my life is a joke. I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I am jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Villages, some of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. We'll talk to athletes whose performances are pushing the medal count on snow and ice, discussing pretty much anything and everything but actually winning medals because we want to go behind the scenes and even Olympic heroes have to eat. Unfiltered conversations from the ground about the daily experiences that make up the real athlete experience of the games. You know, like life and being in the village. Because it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies all the time. You can hear us in the headphones okay? Yeah. Okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. My name is Deidre Blue Irwin. I just got seventh place in the women's individual in biathlon. And most importantly, you are a Green Bay Packers fan, which I, uh, so my dad was born and raised in Green Bay. So I just knew from the moment that I was going to get to interview you, we were going to hit it off. Um, How surprised were you at receiving those jerseys? Oh my gosh. So I don't even know how long ago, long enough ago that I forgot about it. They were like, Hey, what size Jersey are you? And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, and the Packers reached out to you. Um, it was like through our media consultant. Like, I mean, I'm very vocal about, you know, watching the Packers, (laughs) um, on my Twitter and and Instagram and everything like that. I stay up till 2am in Germany trying to watch them sometimes. Um, so, uh, yeah, she was like, yeah, what's your jersey size? Maybe we can get in contact with them. And then the other day they came in and I saw it. And I was like, oh, that has my name on it. Like, so and it's like cool. genuine Packers gear. I yeah, had so and much like, secondhand got, excitement. Yeah, we even got a letter from the president and everything, like saying like, you know, good luck in Beijing. We're rooting for you. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I like called my dad. It's like super early, but he's already at work. And I'm like, dad get on like Facebook messenger. He's like, why I'm at work. I'm like, just do it now. Can you show you? I can't just tell you. Um, and <laughs> he got on Facebook messenger and I'm like trying to like hide the Jersey I'm wearing. And then like yeah. he pops up and I'm like, look at this. And he's just like super jealous. <laughs> oh, I'm he's, super like, so- jealous. Yeah. Every Packer <laughs> fan is right now. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, so cool. I mean, just all of, all the little things even happening outside the Olympics right now, just been so fun um and just to have that route with green bay um it's oh god i'm I, I hope they can i hope they let me go to a game like i want to be on the sideline be like hey <laughs> listen if anybody from the packers right now is listening they are sending you to the game and they will honor you on the field i have absolutely no pull but i'm gonna do my part <laughs> so i mean when- dream come true I know, I know. Uh, And of course, seventh place at the Olympics, the highest finish by any American biathlete. You said that you're still on that adrenaline high. Uh, uh, You know, where are you right now with sleep, with just recovery? I hear that you're getting massages and eating goldfish and living Uh, (laughs) life. 
Like, tell tell me about all of that recovery and craziness since your seventh place finish. Uh, yeah, I mean, immediately after the race, you know, it took a while to get back here. And like, you know, I couldn't even get through all the apps on my phone that were like blowing up with everything. Um, and I got back and uh, went to massage and I still hadn't even been able to eat. Um, and so our, mas- our massage therapist was just like, do you want some goldfish? And I'm like, uh, yeah, wait, I can eat while I'm getting massage. Wait, I can eat goldfish while I'm getting a massage. Like this might've been better than my finish. This is amazing. I was face up. I was just like munching on goldfish while like, you know, my, you know, legs are getting massage. I'm like, this is the greatest moment ever. You know, and I'm thinking yeah. this after getting seven at the Olympics, at the Olympics. And I'm like, yeah. man, I'm very food oriented. Cause then like right after that, I went and ate KFC in my bed. Um, so, but as you should, I, like for exactly. a girl that's only been doing this sport for four years and now you are one of the best athletes in the world, it's pretty, pretty like you're, you deserve your KFC and your goldfish and your massage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been so crazy. I mean, I, I mostly like joke about it on my Instagrams and Twitters and stuff like that. Like I think my Instagram for a couple years now, I've said like in my bio, it's like, we'll compete for donuts and beer. Like I'm serious about that. I will. Um, if you invite me to a race and there's donuts, I'll for sure show up. So, Okay, well, um, now so. I need to know what type of donut and what type of beer. These are important questions. Ooh. I mean, I'm a Wisconsin girl. I love my hometown. Um, the best donuts I've ever had is this local bakery in Pulaski, Wisconsin called Schmrava's. It's very Polish. They make, yeah, amazing donuts. Every time I go home, I, like, get a dozen and eat them in a day and it's probably not so and, healthy and, and me, it's but fine. I don't need to I totally, talk about it. I totally share with my family sometimes. Um, <laughs> but not always. But no. <laughs> I mean, they're like the donut shop. When I was in high school, I was a runner and, uh, you know, they didn't really keep track of us while they were running. They're like, go for a 30 minute run and then come back, you know? And so I would go for a run to the donut shop, eat a donut and run back. <laughs> oh. oh my so God. That- <laughs> So don't tell my coach. Um, but yeah, no, we all did it. I mean, of course, why not? Yeah. We're like, you know, rebel high schoolers. They're going to tell us to go for a run. We're going to run to the donut shop. Um, well, it clearly worked. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that's my favorite donut ever. Every time I'm home, I try to go there and get some donuts. Beer, um, again, you know, uh, spotted cow is just like nostalgic for me because you can only get it in Wisconsin. So New Glarus, love it. A uh, huge fan of Moon Man because I love IPAs. But also I have to give a shout out to my brother's brewery in Winona, Minnesota, Island City Brewery. Um, he makes amazing beers. Um, he's one, like one of the only times I can sit down and try one of every single beer and actually like them because I'm not really a stout person and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But He'll make a stout, and I'll be like, "How is this so good?" Like, I hate stouts. Um, so, and your I whole love family is just talented. <laughs> yeah, Everybody's good exactly. at what they do. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, I love, I love his beer. Um, you know, every time I can go visit him, we're at the brewery, and I'm trying all his new creations. And supposedly, he has one in the works for one of my watch parties that my parents are putting together. So, I'll have to see what the flavor ends up being. But I think he said something about it maybe being donut flavored. So, that'll be interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we so, all listening have a lot to check out in the Midwest. And I know that yes. we're all going to do it. Um, so, when you are traveling from the Midwest to Beijing, China, you have a lot of gear with you. And what I'm most curious to hear about is how the guns get there. 
Yeah. So we, so actually I haven't been home to Wisconsin since October, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and so in early November, I left Vermont, my second home, and we have been traveling in Europe all winter. Um, so I didn't go home for Christmas. Um, and so we actually, you know, have been competing all the way through winter and we had our pre-training camp in Italy. And then we kind of like left half of our stuff there in some vans and, you know, packed up what we needed for the Olympics and flew here, which ended up being, yes, our rifle, which, um, is usually pretty easy to travel with. Um, but you know, every country's laws are a little different. And, um, so I've been to a couple countries where it's very similar to China, where, you get there, you're escorted through the entire airport, like everything has to be locked. Um, you get it to the venue and it's put in a locked safe, like you can't access it outside of competition or training. Um, so we had that happen when I competed in Belarus. Um, I'm trying to think of any other countries. But, uh, but then definitely here in China. So we got here and the process actually went super smoothly. Um, you know, they got everything out. They made sure we had all our ammo, all of our, you know, rifles. They checked them, made sure the serial numbers matched our names, you know, just normal safety stuff to make sure we're traveling with our own equipment. And then we put them in some armored trucks. Um, and then oh. they drove them up here to John Jackal. And um, every day we go in and we have like a little QR code on our um, credentials that matches with a code that they've put on our rifle. And we check it in and check it out every single day, um, along with our ammo and everything like that. So um, some countries you're allowed to have your rifle with you in your hotel or something like that so you can clean it. But obviously the laws here are a little more strict. They don't want us walking around all willy-nilly with our rifles. Um, willy-nilly. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're locked up here, which um, is okay. I mean, we get to go up there early for training if we want to do some dry fire, if we want to clean our rifles and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then obviously when we're out there on the course, we can have them and use them just like we normally do. And when you're on that course and you're shooting, you have pretty thin gloves, especially when you're shooting. How cold are your hands getting if, if they are cold? Um, <clears throat> so once I got here, immediately the game was like, here's 10 pairs of gloves. <laughs> which one's going to keep me the warmest or which combination? You know, if I warm up in these and then I wear these while I'm racing, if I, you know, double up on some of these, what's going to work? Can I still like feel the trigger? Can I like load a spare round? Um, so I spent like the whole first four days just practicing with different gloves and trying to figure that out. Um, so on the windier days, it's obviously a little bit harder because you want to be able to feel the trigger. Um, but you also don't want your fingers to get too cold. Cause if your fingers get too cold, you kind of lose that like proprioception of like, where is my finger? Like how much have I pulled the trigger already? And our triggers are super light. They only have to be 500 grams, like weight. Oh, wow. Um, so, cause they're very, very light. So like you can accidentally, if you, if you can't feel your finger and you're just pulling back, you could really pull the trigger fast and then you're going to miss your shot. So, um, so the, the individual race day was actually pretty warm for me. It was like mm -hmm. 16 degrees, I think. So, um, I was able to go with a lighter pair of gloves, which wasn't too bad. And it actually wasn't until the last lap after I'd got done shooting that all of a sudden my like fingertips started getting cold. And of course, I'm also thinking about trying to race like as fast as I can at that point. 
Um, and so I get to the finish and that's when it kind of all hit me that I was like, oh, my hands are cold. I mean, I mean, sure you saw I have that. I like, like no dexterity, video. like yeah. it was so slow. <laughs> exactly. Like trying to get my like skis off, like trying to like function and use the bindings. Yeah. I just look like, you know, a little crab clawing at my <laughs> skis. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, actually, I think the video that US Biathlon posted where they're like, how do you feel? I was like, I don't know. Like I actually had my like fingers like bundled up in fists right. and like took them out and I was like sitting there just like my hands are so cold so, like, <laughs> so it was all um, worth it oh yeah all worth it I mean yeah the feeling oh. comes back eventually you know just a few it takes know, like frog. a couple hours you know a couple yeah, of exactly. runs it's fine <laughs> exactly exactly go get like, a hot cocoa you know <laughs> you're all good so all when good. you were traveling to the Olympic Games it, what is one thing that you are bringing with you my teddy bear. <laughs> What's teddy bear's name? Does teddy bear have a name? Barry. It's very oh. simple. <laughs> I, I got him. Yeah. Yes, tell us about Barry. Okay. I got him when I was in high school. Um, I think my friend got him for me after I got my wisdom teeth pulled. And um, yeah, she's one of my best friends. And I don't know something about that teddy bear. I just like became super attached. And <laughs> in high school, I'm like, oh my gosh, my child. But uh, the teddy bear ended up traveling everywhere with me. The only place this teddy bear hasn't been is basic training. Because obviously, I didn't want I didn't want him to go through that. <laughs> Right. Barry, like, Barry didn't just see those things. Yes. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Otherwise, Barry, he's been, I studied abroad in Costa Rica in college. Um, he's been to Kazakhstan. He's been to, I mean, every country like that I've been for biathlon and Nordic skiing and every competition I've been to. Um, he's been by my side all the way. He's my number one fan. Gosh, um, Barry is like... <laughs> Well traveled for just a teddy <laughs> bear. I know for just a teddy bear. Yeah, and I even I made him a new bow tie for the Olympics. So he has a oh, new bow tie. I'll, I'll I'll post it. I'll throw it up on Twitter for you guys so you can see it. But yeah, I made yes. him a new bow tie for the Olympics. I took some blue ribbon. You know, made made him festive. <laughs> we need to see. Yeah, we need social media photos of that. And speaking of social media, you were locked out of your Instagram. <laughs> Right before the games, what like what happened? Was it a password issue? Like, oh my god, how did we resolve this? User error. That's what happened. What I, does that even mean? <laughs> oh my god. So, so it wasn't at all like my phone's fault. It wasn't like I didn't get hacked. Like absolutely nothing like that. Um, you know the whole cybersecurity thing. They were telling us like try to keep your personal information personal. This, that, and the other thing. I was trying to figure out all these things I'd never heard of before, two-factor authentication, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then I was also in the back of my mind, like, I need to wipe my phone. You know, like they told us to wipe our phones right. before we came here. So I set up two-factor authentication, thought I was like, I'm so good at this. I killed this cybersecurity thing. I have two-factor authentication on all my apps, totally ready for China. Wiped my phone, not realizing that the two-factor authentication generator isn't an account. It is just like a randomization thing that was on my original phone. And then I wiped it and lost Got all it. the codes. <laughs> so all the codes are gone. And so I like wiped my phone and then I started it back up. And, you know, I had all like the, the burner accounts and whatever. And I was trying to like set everything up and log back in. And then they kept asking for this code. And I was like, uh-oh. I don't Where's have this code? code. I don't have this code. I'm like, I am screwed. And I spent, so the night before I traveled, I spent three hours 
trying to figure out what I did wrong. And, and I'm was like, that like, while you were in Europe or the U.S.? Yeah, in, okay. in, in Europe. And so okay. it's like 2 a.m. and we're leaving at like oh 7. I'm just sitting there like staring at my computer, staring at my phone going like, I made a grave error. <laughs> and yes, so- <laughs> because you want to have your social media during the games. Like exactly. for so many reasons. Yeah. So we need I to was see able- Barry Bowtie. Yeah, exactly. So I was able, like, I think the first thing I was able to do is like, I was able to convince Google, you know, to let me back into my email. And, you know, I slowly like Twitter was relatively easy to prove who I was. Um, Mm -hmm. But like Facebook and Instagram was like nearly impossible. I mean, I was like, they were like, send us a photo of you while holding up a code that you've handwritten or something. I mean, it was insane. I was like, well, yeah, because they're like, if there's photos of you, we'll be able to like match that you are you. Um, I think Facebook was like, send us a picture of your like driver's license or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, am I going to get anything back? Um, But my, my uh, teammate, Joanne, um, she has a lot of friends and family that work for like Facebook and Google and, and all those people. So they were able to kind of like walk me through the process, but I did. Yeah. I was locked out of, I think Facebook for about three or four days and then Instagram for like maybe four or five days. Um, and it was, it was hard because, yeah, you get here and you want to share the experience. And that's when actually I started tweeting, which I normally don't because that was the only account that I had access to. And I was like, well, this will be fun. This will be new. Like, yep. now I'm going to be on Twitter. <laughs> so, and now every headline about you is about you eating a bowl of cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And goldfish while getting a massage and KFC in bed. I mean. <laughs> Look at how far we've gone, you know. Exactly. Forget about the seventh place finish at the Olympic Games. Exactly. We're going to talk about, about you eating cake. It's all about cake. Well, Deidre, you are taking the biathlon and Olympic world by storm. Congratulations on such an incredible finish and best of luck throughout the rest of the games. Um, And I really hope you enjoy some donuts and beer when you get home. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, You know I will, for sure. Can't wait to get home to the family. (laughs) All right, Deidre, thank you so much. Thank you. Follow In the Village now on Apple Podcasts to get automatic downloads and tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. And for the first time ever, the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics will be on the same day in the same network. Competition continues at the Winter Olympics tonight. And don't miss Super Bowl 56 as the Los Angeles Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals February 13th on NBC and Peacock. Peacock.